I'm Dan Broskell. And I'm Dave Geller. And we are the co-hosts of What Do We Know? What Do We Know is a free-range podcast dealing with wellness, education, sports, personal stories, and more from two guys who know a lot about certain things, but not a lot about others. Your hosts are Dan Broskell, a longtime educator, compulsive runner, and father of five. And Dave Geller, a pediatrician with three kids and an amazing Maine accent. All right. All right. Good evening, everybody. It is Monday evening, December 21st, 2020. After a long hiatus, we're back for episode 44 of What Do We Know? My name is Dan Broskell, and Dave Geller is here, and so is someone else, Dave Geller. Who's here with us this evening? Well, I'm here, which is awesome for number 44, awesome which you. we've yeah. been waiting waiting to do for a while, and it's just things have gotten in the way. I'm not sure what has gotten into the way, but oh, many we, things. We're not, not going to too much about that. But we're going to stay away from what, the hard But stuff. what has pushed those things out of the way is Brian Cutler, who is here with us today, one of our good friends, yep. um, former Bedford resident, um, who now lives in Lexington. We'll have to dive into that a little bit. Who is multifaceted? Benedict who, Arnold, who who is who who is is a Renaissance man. We'll get into all that he has done and does. But we're so excited to have you with us today, Brian. Thanks for joining. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. And this, is, this is like um this is special, man. This is the birthday pod, Dave. I mean, we this is a, a year and change on either side of our first podcast, which is amazing. It's pretty cool. It's um, such, and yeah. such a such a significant year that it was for us. I think I actually don't remember even. I I remember doing the first one, but I don't remember when we did it. But now I do. Now that you mentioned it, I remember. Well, we did it right before the new year, I think. And then I remember just vividly. I listened to it. And I just I couldn't stop laughing at the fact that we pulled it off. And some of the stuff I said about you. So I want to apologize, Dave, on all those things that were sarcastic, and perhaps mean spirited. Um, and I still love you. And we're doing we're doing this, you know. We're back in the flow. I mean, there was in the spring day, we did three pods a week because there was nothing else to do. Yeah. Right now, there's a whole crap ton of stuff to do every yeah. week. So we, we actually did a secret pod, as our listeners don't know, and then just chucked it because it, it really so, wasn't good. It was just not, it was not on our game. Not that these are always in the game, but now you make, you know, people know, you said, and I said, I don't listen to these pods often. Now I'm going to have to go back listen to that one and hear how you dissed me. Um, the first one held, the first one holds up pretty well. My favorite line from the first pod, which was, um, do you realize that you have an accent? <laughs> which, which is still a great question. Yeah. But speaking of accents, Brian Cutler, welcome to the pod. Great to see you. It's been a long time. Um, tell you. our listeners, uh, I always say, like, where were you born? Where did you go to high school? And what's the next great thing that you want to do in your life? Those three things. Okay. I was born in Adana, Turkey. And I went to <laughs> high school in Mesa, Arizona. Next great thing I want to do in my life. Um, I don't know. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Brian, Brian's done, the thing about Brian is he, he's done so many great things in his life. So, so you were born in Turkey, you said? Actually, yeah, Turkey. let's start, let's start with that, which no, I didn't know. Let's start and finish with that. Let's finish with that. That's great. I was yeah, born in Turkey. Um, you stole my, my line. Father was, my father was in the military, yeah. so I was born as a, I'm an army brat. Yep. Um, he, by the time he retired, he had spent 26 years in the army. He was military intelligence branch. And uh, I only lived in Turkey for a little under a year and a half, then flew out to Texas or maybe to Arizona where my brother was born. I have one younger brother. Um, so we lived in Texas, then Okinawa, Japan, then back to Texas, 
in New Jersey. Then my father retired. And we, uh, he retired to Arizona, where I did junior high and high school. Um, college? Where'd you go to college again? Right. After high school, I went to a school called North Georgia College. It's now changed its... Uh, very diverse school. Very diverse school. Uh, I, was, I was the only Jew at North Georgia College. <laughs> I was going to say. You're the one. <laughs> I was... Uh, and at the, time, at the time, I wore a yarmulke. Oh, baby. <laughs> also, also the, I'm choking on my, uh, whatever that is, I'm drinking. This is already, this is already the, living up to expectations. Exceeding. So the, the, the first Jew that many people had met. Did they um, rub your head and say, hey, what's under there? They probably exactly. did, right? Yeah. Oh, they yes. actually did. They actually did. Yeah, I'm not even joking. Of course they did. Yeah. No, yep, they did. Um, and I actually was talking to somebody in the hall. They had a question. What? What do Jewish people do? And I said, well, you know, the reason Jews wear this, this yarmulke is this, and, and Jews have for me. And a, and a graduate student was walking by. I have a vivid memory of this. A graduate student was walking by and just covered her mouth and went, <gasps> and, and I said, I said, what? what, what what's wrong? And she said, you said the J word. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what to do with this information. Wow. Um, I, think you, I think you found a new co-host. <laughs> I mean, there's so much to unpack just in the first 30 seconds. I, I, I mean, I just want to say. I told you. My mind, my mind is blown. Um, so this college that I went to, North Georgia College. I was, I'm just going to keep laughing for the next 45 minutes. Let's right, keep going, Dave, Dave, Dave's favorite line. Feel free to jump in whenever you want. <laughs> so North Georgia uh, was a, or is. It, so it's from, from North Georgia and then the next step. Yeah. Um, it is a senior military college. Yep. So there are five of those in, in the country. Yep. Uh, VMI, Citadel, Norwich, Texas A&M, North yep. Georgia. Yep. There might be another one now. I, I don't know. But um, we always had females in our core, so we never made the news like Norwich and VMI did when they were yep. being. Um, so uh, we lived in barracks. We wore our uniform every day, and uh, yeah, went through the whole 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 shebang. I signed my my life away because I was under a Army ROTC scholarship uh, very early on. I think right after my hell period was over. Um, I signed my, uh, my contract with the Army, and uh, um, I actually wound up graduating with my undergraduate degree in, in, uh, in three years rather than, rather than four, and went to, for a year, a year of graduate school at Hebrew College. And uh, almost flunked out, but didn't. I think, I, I think Dan pulled your transcript up once. It wasn't impressive. <laughs> I think I did, but don't tell them. There were a lot of pay, lot, lot, lot of pays on that. No, oh no olives and bets. God. No olives and bets. The I think I knew that, and of course I forgot because I'm getting old. Yes, so that was that was a stint with the, with HC, right? Excellent yep. work. The goal there was um, was to go uh, to be a, a chap. I knew I I had to go into the army. Yep. Um, when I started, my 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 scholarship was for pre med. And um, I changed that to mathematics after two years, then graduated in one. Of course you did. <laughs> so uh, I was like, okay, so if I can't be, you know, Alan Alda, or if I can't be Hawkeye Pierce, who can I be? And I was like, Father Mulcahy. So I'm trying to diagram, I'm trying, I'm trying to diagram your life right now. It's just one big squiggle. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so I, um, I had this goal. I was going to go and, and be a chaplain. And... 
after Hebrew college, I was indeed uh, accepted into the Academy for Jewish Religion. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a is that a real is that a real group? Absolutely, I think it's in the Westchester, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Yeah. Huh. Um, it used to be on like the Upper West Side of of Manhattan. Could be. I mean, this is my previous life, but keep going. Yep. Um, blah, 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 blah. and uh, and at the same time, I had to fill out my my top ten list of things I wanted to do in the army, and number one, chaplain corps because because that's where I wanted to be. Number two, I think I put something like adjutant general corps, which is sort of the administrative people in, in the army. Number three, because in the top three, you have to have a combat arms. I put uh, aviation, because if it's not your, if not your first one, you're not gonna get it. And I continued down the list. I think in the top six, you had to have another combat arm. So I put it in like field artillery, um, mm -hmm. their way in the back, I figured. Fill it all in with all these other things like um, ordnance corps and uh, quartermaster and things like that. And then when the, the list came out, I was branched into the armor corps, which are mm -hmm. the, uh, the tankers, the people who are in tanks. So I became, I went to the, uh, well, prior to that I went to airborne school, but, but then I went to this armor officer basic course and the scout platoon leaders course and was uh, stationed in Schweinfurt, Germany, with a 1-4 uh, cavalry. Um, I was in a cavalry squadron as a tank platoon leader. And uh, yeah. And what year is this? Is this like 1990-something? What is 97, this? yep. yep. Um, and I left Germany in 99, went to, uh, uh, was in the Vermont National Guard as a, a mortar platoon leader. <laughs> they're doing they're shooting off a lot of mortars in Vermont. <laughs> you know, you can go to uh Charge Ethan I, Allen, Brian Cutler and the Green Mountain Men. That's what we had yeah. going on. Hey, oh I just get myself some ice cream first, the Ben Jerry's, and then we're gonna blow off this mortar. <laughs> it was an interesting place. It, so the, the reason I went into the National Guard was there was a National Guard combat reform initiative where they were teaching this was in '99. They were teaching the the National Guard how to be like the active duty, which I was like, sure, if, if it means, you know, having a life outside of, of the army, I'll go do that. But I didn't really realize how important that was because it was just the start of um, a lot of conflict in the Middle East again. And um, they were starting to pull from the National Guard. And, and when I went up there, you know, it was, it was a little like the Boy Scouts. It was, it was not as, it was, not as regimented as, as it should have been. Um, my first drill, I, I taught my soldiers how to how to use the phonetic alphabet, the Alpha Bravo Charlie Delta Echo Foxtrot thing, and uh, it was it was a trip. I, I enjoyed it. They were great people. I really enjoyed the guard, and um, went to graduate school. Got a master's of education, secondary mathematics at the time. And, what was that? Uh, at UMass Lowell. Um, and with, with a few job offers, I decided instead of teaching, I would go and, uh, work as an on-site contractor at the Air Force Research Lab at Hanscom. Yep. We are living in Bedford at the time. And I worked. Good old days. Yep. It was great. I love Bedford. Um, I did that for about seven years or eight years, uh, working for a company called Atmospheric and Environmental Research. It's still on a Hartwell Ave. Um, and, uh. Then um, I got a job with Spot Image Corporation in Chantilly, Virginia, 
which has changed its name many times and eventually um, became Airbus, like all the others. Airbus is yep. a huge, huge the company. Have, yep. Yeah, many smaller companies. Um, Spot Image was one of those small companies and they eventually figured out, let's, everybody knows what Airbus is, let's call everybody Airbus. Um, I've moved around in Airbus doing the exact same job. And uh, it's been 13 years of that. 13, yeah, plus. And so three, I have three questions for you. In, in one sentence or less, tell us what you do at Airbus. Two, you almost were in the Olympics. And three, you got a great parachute story. So start, so one, Airbus, one sentence or less. What do you do? Um, I work with their satellites um, and help the military and government collect pictures that they like. Have you found the missing Malaysian airliner? I have not. Have you, you looked for it? There Did was a hunt. In that? Yeah, there was a, there was a hunt at the time. Um, yeah. Right. Um, Sorry, Geller, I jumped in there. I'm, no, it's I'm fine. Obsessed, you jumped I'm in any time. that story. This is your show. I'm just happy to be here. Um, That's not true at all. (laughs) This is great. um, Olympics. You know, so you you have you you are very athletically inclined, and we could actually talk a lot about that. You know, from everything you've done in your past, and we'll talk about the Olympics to um, running to your push-up follies. You know, you're chopping your wood. Now, people might not call that athletic, but you. One thing about you, Brian, is if, if it's out there and you want to do it, you can do it and accomplish it, which is pretty amazing. You do have that mind over whatever ability. Um, and just as a quick plug, the one, you know, the one marathon that I did run, I ran with you and our friend, uh, Rabbi Lerner, and we trained. You didn't. And you, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think, you know, we, we followed a, a regimen and you basically jumped in for the last three or four weeks and ran about, I can think with us one 12-plus mile run, maybe another 10-mile run, then you ran 26.2 miles in sandals um, <laughs> during a pseudo-tsunami. A pseudo um, and you fin- we all finished together. You did an amazing job. But that aside, tell It's us only about- possible when you're running with good people, right? T- t- tell us your Olympic, your Olympic travails. Um, so I started my running life, my, my joy of running, uh, for what it was, or at least as a kid, with my very first 5K when I was in, I guess, late middle school. Um, I had just come back from Boy Scout camp where I earned my archery merit badge. And um, at the finish line of this 5K was uh, Jay Bars, the 1988 gold medalist in archery. And uh, he was signing the bibs. And so I stood in line and I was very eager to to get up to him. And when he was signing my bib. I said, you know, Mr. Bars, I, uh, I just earned my archery merit badge and I was pretty good. And he said, well, that's great. If, if you like it and you want to get even better, you should come down to where I shoot here in Mesa, Arizona and, um, and shoot with me. Um, and they have a junior Olympic archery development, uh, organization there. And, uh, I went down, signed up, and uh, four years later, I was, I was through many practices and tournaments and things like that. Four years later, I was at the Olympic eliminations um, with Jay Bars. Uh, he's left-handed when he shoots. I'm right-handed when he shoots. And we were paired off. I think they, we had narrowed it down to the top 10. He was number one. I was number 10. And uh, we were face-to-face shooting at the same, same bail. Um, and 
I knew I was going home early that day. Which <laughs> very nice. Um, and yeah, I, I, uh, I, I enjoy shooting. I don't get to do it very much at all anymore since having kids. Um, but, uh, but it's always something you can pick up. It's a sport that you very mental, very little physical, maybe 10% physical. Um, but it's a very mental sport. So as I age, as my kids move off and I want to do something, I can always pick up the bow again. Um, can, I, can always pick up the bow and that will, we won't segue into your, to your kids and wife's musical ability with the bows. Um, so when we did run that marathon, we had a long bus ride out to, um, to the starting line in Hopkinton, which made us realize how much, how far we have to run back um, after the <laughs> bus ride. But you told this amazing story. Like you talked about being a tank commander, um, but you also had, you also jumped out of airplanes, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And you, I'm, and you I'm, I'm afraid of heights, right? So when I went off to college, I was like, I'm going to overcome my fear of heights. And the way I'm going to do that is join the parachuting club here at this military school. Uh, and, um, so, and that was civilian parachuting. So we'd go to a local airfield and jump in a plane and, and go up and, and jump out. Um, the, the problem with jumping out of an airplane is that when you look out the window, when you're at altitude, it, it looks fake, right? It's not, it's not like real. It's not like being on a ladder. It's not like being on your roof. It's just fake. There are tiny houses down there and little, little cars. So it's not real. So when the door opens up, you're still, I mean, now it's just windy and fake. Um, so you jump out um, and it's, uh, then you're thinking of other things. You're not thinking of heights anymore. Um, but yeah, one of the stories was, um, it was like my 10th jump. It, when, you, when, you, when you leave, when you get on the plane, before you get on the plane, you plan your, your descent and your approach to the landing zone, um, the drop zone area. And um, you have to know which way the wind's blowing and you, you want to face the wind. And uh, so you turn, you make your turns and you, you finish facing the wind. Um, and when I came down from that jump, uh, the wind had changed 180 degrees. And so when I made my, my final approach, I was now going with the wind. And the result of that is that you don't descend as fast as you want to. Um, and, and you pick up a lot of speed. And I was, I was going fast and I wasn't dropping. And um, I saw a hangar in front of me. And I thought initially, oh man, I'm just gonna be able to fly right over that hangar. And then I was like, no, no, I'm gonna have to run off the top of that hangar. And then I'm like, no, I'm gonna hit that hangar. I had better turn left or right. And I looked to the left and I saw like a tractor or something there. And I was like, nope, can't turn to the left. And I didn't even think to the right because I was just staring at this hangar. And sure enough, when I was, I don't know, 10 feet from it, I, I threw up my feet and I slammed it in the side of this hangar going about, you know, 25 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour. And then, so I hit it at about 12 feet up and then fell down. It was an aluminum construction with uh, four by four beams on the inside. And uh, I left a huge dent in this panel and broke the beam on the inside, fell down and, uh, and yeah, sprained my ankle. That was my injury. Um, but uh, never overcame my fear of heights, jumped for the army, um, just airborne school. Um, and then, uh, yeah, haven't jumped since. I, I married a, a woman whose father is an insurance, was an insurance agent. So I 
you know, <laughs> right after our wedding, I, I met him at the dinner table and uh, signed my, my joy of, of craziness away. Of jumping us away, yeah. You changed your life a lot with that, with that yeah, took away all your fun. We're the best. Yeah. So there's a lot of potential lines of questioning here. I don't know where to begin. I guess I would say to you, I just finished watching a movie, uh, I'm sorry, the series on HBO Max called Valley of Tears, Brian, about the Yom Kippur War and the Israeli tank battalion the Golan Heights. So A, did you watch Valley of Tears? Or B, if you haven't, what's a great tank movie that we haven't seen before that you think is really good? Oh, man. Um, so I have a great story about, about that. Uh, okay. Yom Kippur War. But um, I haven't seen that. that it's amazing. Series. It's an amazing show. Um, tank, big, good, good tank movies. I won. Not to, not oh, to. I'm asking you, Geller. Hold on. You're going second. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> I remember sitting in um, a rapid reaction force um, sort of holding area um, with some of my soldiers, um, and we watched Beast, um, and it's about the Russians in Afghanistan, um, uh, and it's a Russian tank, um, and just how the Mujahideen and the Russians interacted. Um, it was very interesting. Um, but yeah, just protest. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was it. A quick story. Um, I was on a field exercise in our tanks in the wet mud, just having a crazy time. And I had coordinated with the rabbi that I was going, not the rabbi, the chaplain, the, the Christian chap, chaplain, that I was going to be able to get out of this um, training exercise for the for the day, I guess, um, no, for the evening, I was going to go to Kol Nidre services. Uh, they're going to pull me out. I was going to go to a local German town and attend their, their Kol Nidre services and then come back. And I had been planning this and excited for it, and it never happened. Yep. And I remember walking, I was pissed that I couldn't <laughs> go go to this. And instead, I'm out here slogging through the mud and Walking uh, to to each tank, we had a. I, I was a platoon leader, so I had to gather section sketches or sector sketches from each of the tanks on where they were covering uh, on this defensive position. So I'm walking to between each one of these tanks, gathering their sector sketches, so I can make a platoon sector sketch. Move it on up to the troop level, and I, I knocked on my platoon sergeant's tank, and he he handed me me his paper, and he said, "So how?" How are you doing, sir? And I was like, ah, pissed. I'm, I should be at whole midway <laughs> services right now, and I'm just just annoyed that it didn't happen. I thought, the, you know, the leadership was going to support this. And he looked at me and he said, "Well, you know, sir, you're not the first Jew in a tank on Yom Kippur." Oh, <laughs> I was like, wow, that is so full of meaning. Yeah. So I was. Oh, I, my Geller whole loves that one. And it was it was great. Dave, do you have an alternate tank move that you like that you're about to come up with? I think maybe you did. Um, I mean, there's so, I mean, there's so many tank there's, moves. There's, well, there's a Brad Pitt one, right? There's Fury. That's what I'm thinking about. I was thinking about Fury. I think that's a great movie. Um, pretty intense. I don't have a lot of, like, you know, specifically tank movies. Uh, they're all tank movies that I can think of. But movies with tanks. It's a pretty them. niche genre, Dave. You know what I mean? There's a lot <laughs> yeah, more yeah. submarine movies than tank movies, you know? Submarines are a little bit sexier. Yeah. Yeah, or, or dare I say parachute movies, probably more of those in tank movies. So those guys jump out of airplanes and those, yeah. you know, treads and mud. I mean, the, the, I guess Brian Cutler's career and all, but you know, that's, exactly. that's pretty much, that's the case. Right. I did wow. get my jump wings, so I, I got that going for me. Little. Um, but that was a lifetime ago. 
That was a little while ago. Dave, um, Brian, what, what do we not know about satellite imagery? What does the average person not appreciate about satellite imagery of the Earth? Um, so I think the movies, we've talked about movies, I think the movies tend to, per, tend to give you this idea that they can just like change where they're pointing. Yeah. Um, let's zoom in on this. Uh, what, what's that newspaper that he's reading type yeah. thing? Um, and let's stay on him and follow him as we're, we're uh, that, that's not possible. Any of those things <laughs> that I just named sure. are not possible. Um, I mean, maybe if you have a, a drone, a UAV type thing, those things would be possible, but satellites, no. Um, the other neat thing is, I mean, Google Earth, Google Maps, you have a lot of great imagery there. Um, I could talk about those, but, um, <laughs> But those are all electro-optical collections of, of imagery. Um, it's a camera like you would have, you just take your phone camera, bring it up to space and take a picture. It's the same thing with you know, different magnification. Um, but uh, if there are clouds, you don't see the ground. Um, so there are radar satellites <laughs> yep. and the radar imagery uh, penetrates the clouds. And uh, so you have an active sensor that sends a signal down and then receives a signal. And those are, those are, can be very powerful tools. And we don't get to see those um, so much, but. Uh, can they see into my house? Can they see through my roof? No, they can see, um, interestingly enough, uh, into some uh, bathymetry. They can look into water a little bit. They can penetrate water to some depth. I've seen, I don't know if it's been radar or lidar, but um, sometimes they can penetrate um, canopies of of like the the jungle yep. and um, see structures underneath. So you can hey, could you guys could you guys find Bigfoot if you want to? <laughs> well, again, I'm, I'm kind of serious because <laughs> raise your hand. Don't you can't raise your hand. Does anybody here actually believe Bigfoot? Here's a question for you. Okay, hold on. This is my 2020 question, which I'm very proud of, Dave. So you asked this one. I got the follow-up for him. We gotta do it. We got 2020s. We gotta start going, man. Because the color answer is. No, 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 no. I'm, going, I'm going back to we're an gonna, old one. one what's that? You know, I'm going, go ahead. I'm going back to an older one that we asked. Oh, okay, okay. So no, no. So a question here. Um, does anybody in, on this podcast right now believe that Bigfoot may have existed? If not, does still exist? A Bigfoot. I I say may have. And I hope that Bigfoot is still wandering the earth. You guys. Well, I mean, as you remember, we once grappled with the question, which, which everyone talks about, like what's more likely to be true, uh, Bigfoot, the Chupacabra, or like <laughs> the Abominable Snowman. I was all in on the Chupacabra, and I bet Brian is too, given his nature, you know? But I mean... Before, before Brian answers, if we could we... If, 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 if any of these creatures are out there, could you find them for us? Well, Brian could find them for us. Seriously, I'm being serious. Yeah, what, do you, yeah, what do you look for, right? Like, what, what are you, are you like, doing? Secretly re, re, re what are you actually doing? Of, you know, that's a good question. I mean, I mean well, how come? How come I have a picture of Google Earth and it's like me walking in the picture of my house yeah. is like me walking out on my driveway from like 12 years ago. You can see me stuck in the stuck in the in the video in the picture. Can you fix that? Can you Your face blurred out. Can you put it well, that's in that's, a, that's a, the cars drive by. But it's a good question. Like, what what's the best like illegal retasking of satellite story that you have? Like, so and so wanted a picture of his neighbor's house, or like yes. the construction, or like you know, yeah. is there is there a monster unlocked? Could you do that? Could you? Like, yeah. Could you? Could you, could you go, do that, right? Yeah. Could you get one of our our our, our, our um, enemies here? <laughs> All of our enemies. So I'm making um, them. 
so satellites collect worldwide, yep. right? Um, and uh, they can't always collect every spot around the world all the time, uh, every day. Um, and sometimes pictures look better if they're looking straight down. Well, the pictures will look better if they're straight down versus off to the angle, looking at it from an angle, um, like an oblique thing. Um, and there are priorities placed on these, right? Airbus is a commercial company. Um, they prioritize collections uh, for the highest paying customer. You um, saw, but you saw Iron Man, right? Sometimes people, the <laughs> evil people use the good things for bad things, Brian Cutler. Right. right. Um, Isn't it funny, Brian, that your, uh, your, your, your given name is George, right? Which is like Geo, which is like Geo Satellite. No, no, my given yeah, thing is not, it's it's not George. Line there, Geller. <laughs> it's Brian. <laughs> oh my God! What's the geo? What's the geo? For geo geospatial. Color. Yeah, my whole everything revolves. A lot of my work revolves around geospatial intelligence. Wait, there's no George in your name? No. All these names, all these times. <laughs> my Hebrew name is Gabriel, but that's uh, that's the only. Anyways, answer the question: What evil is being done with these satellites that you're where you're running from your bedroom? You never leave your house. You're in your bedroom. Right. On the, um, on... I don't know about evil. I mean, a lot of what I, I used to do was collect uh, the fires and the hurricanes and the flooding and the, um, you know, disasters and things like that. Um, collections um, of, of all these natural disasters. Our government was very interested in, in that. Um, uh, How big are these satellites? Could, they, could, they, could you control them like a drone and have like a satellite come down outside, might come down low and just fly around? No, so they're they're bigger than a refrigerator. Well, David. <laughs> my satellites are are huge, right? They're big. They're in space. <laughs> and they're in space, um, and they're launched up there uh, with a, you know, ten to fifteen year life expectancy. Even though they're not necessarily designed for that, they wind up lasting about that long, and then they are decommissioned and deorbited. And when they come down, they're um, because ours are in low Earth orbit they burn up in the atmosphere. You hope they do. They do. They spend about 15 years burning up in the atmosphere. Half the fuel that is on the satellite um, is used for the deorbiting. So, wait, 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 wait. Dan and I are like, what, what did you just say? 15 years to burn up? Or oh, they don't burn, they don't, they start dropping to the atmosphere, they burn up pretty quickly. They don't descend Yeah, but 15. that's been after a long time. They, they are in a very shallow descending Deal. orbit. Um, yeah, burning up. Or, and still, why have you ascended like to low Earth orbit like the Red Bull guys and done like the space jump parachute from 100,000 feet? That's got to be something you've been talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, would you do I that? That's something Brian, that would, you do that? would certainly do. That. Say again? Yeah, that's something that you would certainly do, you know? No, would you do that? There have been some amazing things. Would you do that, Brian Keller? Forget that you married an insurance salesman's daughter, all right? <laughs> Would you, if you had the chance, two chances, Elon Musk said, Brian Cutler, you're going up to orbit. Two, you can jump out of this thing. From space to Earth. Would you do yeah. that? He would jump. He Brian would do it. Video of that guy doing it. He'd wear the GoPro. He'd do the whole thing. Yes, he would. It would be a lot of fun. Um, would you, imagine, would, would, a would you go to Mars, too. Brian? Would you go to Mars on like a 10-year mission if they asked you to go? I think I'm too old for that. Let's just throw questions what at if you, were Brian. 30? What if you were 30? Would you go to Mars? You couldn't say no. Sure. I have a fr yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so, I have a friend who, who wanted to be a, an astronaut. I think yeah. he, would, he would do the same thing. We, so, yeah. 
Yeah, just say, okay, here's some more questions for you. So you could fast track being an astronaut, like in a year, would you do it? And two, do you think you could have done, you, you could have portrayed the Martian um, character better than Matt Damon? Could you have done a better job? <laughs> um, I don't remember the first question, but I want to say no <laughs> to the second. Though, though I, I, what we haven't talked about is that I've done a fair bit of community theater. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we have not talked about that yet. You're right. No. My minor in college was, was theater, um, which is hard to do at a military school. Not, you must uh, have really, you were like the Jewish theater dude. You they must have loved you there. <laughs> exactly. Come over here. Come over here, Gio. No, it's Brian. We had, to sound yeah. off. <laughs> we had to sound off to people in our, um, you know, in the upperclassmen as a freshman, you had to like call out. Good afternoon, sir. And then the motto for your company, mine was, mine was who dares wins. Good afternoon, sir. Who dares wins? And I did that to, a, to an upperclassman, a senior in the chow hall. And he looked at me, he stopped, turned around, looked at me, and he said, boy, where the hell are you from? You're from Turkey. <laughs> where, where are you going? I'm Turkish and Okinawa. There we go. Where are you going? I'm going to theater practice. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Brian, this is a whole podcast spinoff. It's going to be like Life and Times of Brian Cutler in North Georgia or like Tales from the North Georgia Woods. What town was North Georgia College University in? What town was it in? Uh, Dahlonega, Georgia. And, and, and I don't have to tell you, like, Dan, like you are Northwest, right. like rural. Like what's the story? It's an hour north of Atlanta. Yeah. I, I, I'm telling you stuff you already know, Dan, because Dahlonega is in your memory banks as being very significant in American history. Of course it is. Yep, it is the site of the first U.S. gold rush. Oh, hey, in Georgia. Oh. In Georgia. Um, and this um, is- um, Geller knew that, but I forgot, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm still saying to about where Turkey is. <laughs> the, the, um, the locals, at least those of, us, those of us who attend the school, call the locals nuggets. Um, and in, in saying so, it's not always the, the nicest. Not, not, it's not an affectionate nickname, <laughs> no. not in color. So Brian, you've had to- <laughs> But we were, we were, I mean, we were encouraged from the start as freshmen to make sure that when you went out for your runs, that you did it with a, with a buddy, that you... Yep. you uh, because because speak, speak of the locals or because of the wildlife? So you because both, so Dan, so Dan was a, Dan was like a, you were like a, a what did you run in, Dan? You, went, you ran in like some minimalistic shoes and color again, we used to run in, you ran in bare feet, Brian, no, right? There's running, there's running, I, I remember vividly, and this is, this is, the, this is the question, you get the, the fourth horseman in the Geller... Cutler Broskel run that day was Ben Einsiedler. <laughs> I think he's I think he's still jogging back. So and I show up with like my vibram. So Brian's like, I'm going barefoot. I'm like, yeah, okay, got it. <laughs> so I'm definitely I'm definitely pro minimalist, you know, from my experience of being injury free, having had tendonitis and all that stuff. I do say David's not for everyone. Um, but you know, seeing Brian Channel's inner Tarahamora was pretty was pretty impressive. Um, and for those who have, have not read Born to Run which is hopefully a minority of you, there's a, recent, a, a brand new 30 for 30 on ESPN, which actually has a pretty bad job of telling that story about the Mexican uh, trail runners, but we're still sort of worth, you know, watching to see, you know, faces and, 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 and images put to names that you've, that you've read about in that incredible book. Um, but the running, the running sentence podcast could take the whole time. Um, but Brian, I mean, given, given your multiplicity of, of interests and experiences and attempted Mars missions. Um, you know, I mean, wow, I even know where to begin except to say like, what a pleasure to, to learn from you this evening. And um, as we enter 2021, Brian Cutler, like what are your, what, like, 
what predictions do you have for us? What do, what do you think is going to happen? Like when life resumes, resumes normal, whatever that is, whether it's July, August, like what, what do you got? What's up for you? Like, what are you planning I, for? I keep thinking it's going to be hard to like, is it, it's either going to be really hard or awkward yep. or maybe just terribly easy if it's not hard to hug other people. Is it going to happen more often? Or, yeah. Are we going to, as I sit. Are you a hugger? Are you a hugger? I am in, in some, some groups, yes. I'm definitely a hugger. Gil, are you a hugger? You're a hugger. I'm a hugger. You're I'm, definitely I'm, a hugger. I get in there for the hugs. I like the hugs. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Um, like, I was in an elevator. I'm like, remember there used to be like six people in this elevator? And now you'd be like, no, don't come near me. It's wild. I'm a very affectionate <laughs> well, yeah, person. Before, the, before this, you would actually hug them, right? You just reach on and give them a hug. <laughs> I probably would, Dave. I'm yeah, Dan Brosco, and I'm a hugger. <laughs> well, Dave, I mean, I did, I did hug you during COVID. I did. Um, can we say that? At least, at least once, because I, I was started getting all the feels, you know? So I just wanted to put it out there. You were what? <laughs> I was getting all the feels, you know? Getting all the, all the feels. All the you were, I think you're trying to steal my wallet. That's what you're trying to do. That's also true. <laughs> steal my... It's going to be easy to transition. Is it going to be super easy and we're going to be hugging everything that moves? Or are we going to be happen. having this issue with how close we get to people? What, what's the comfortable, like the comf comfort distance, right? Are we going to be... Yeah. I think we're going to well, be shaking. Doctor Geller, Doctor Doctor Geller, what do you think about that? About what, Mister Mister Medical Man? Like, what 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 do you think? We're going to be like walking around, hugging people, eating inside, and being like, we're all set. Is that like a year from now? Is well, first, that first be of all, fall? Color, what do you think, Brian? Brian Color did go to um, med school for a year, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean that, that, that's, a, that's a big thing to unpack. I mean, the question, I was just listen, listening to a, a little video today about the vaccine and what that means, you know, for the future. Will we, will, will we should we be wearing masks in general? Um, I think just my feeling is, is when feel, people feel more comfortable, there's going to be a lot more, I'm, I'm envisioning a lot more handshaking, a lot more um, pats in the back. And I think people who are comfortable, you know, with the, with the vaccine and herd immunity and masks still possibly, there will be a lot more uh, physical contact for those who really miss that. I, I think that's going to be a safer thing. I think we're still going to be, be very careful. Um, okay, I can, it's going to be, it's going to be years. Yeah, no, I think that it's going to take a long that, time I, to get back to this like full-on embrace of people. I mean, in the just, world I mean, just say, I mean, just say COVID went away tomorrow, which it's not yeah. with the, even with the vaccine. I still think that when the flu season rolls around, a, a good amount of us are still are going to throw our mask back on again. Well, we I, mean, much, I mean, as, as you saw, we, we we were both observing a meeting this evening. We won't say where, but the flu is just not here because people are are just taking precautions and doing appropriate you know, distancing and washing and. And masking and, and newsflash, like if you if you stay away from other people, you're not going to get sick. Yeah, yeah. So so it's, think... it's the whole reentry plan to like life as we knew it. I think we're in. A, I think you know we, we can we can try to do more. I I can't see myself. I mean, as you know, I'm doing nothing. I'm going from work to home to like running and the store, and I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the mask. Like nobody can see me like glaring, which also makes me very happy. I'm kind of a glarer. Um, I just, I just think, I yeah, make right. no predictions. I can say, like, I, I don't think it's gonna be like, hey, vaccines here, and like in May, we're all gonna, like partying hard again. I'm not gonna miss the fist bumps, as, you know. I'm not gonna miss the elbows. Oh. I'm not gonna miss the jazz hands, you know. I think it's, we're gonna get back to a little more Ridiculous. contact. Yeah, but we, I guess like, what, what adaptation's permanent, right? A lot of things are gonna change forever. 
because of what we learned from this experience. Like some people are never going to go back to work in the office. Remote learning or days at home as opposed to in school will probably persist. Technology education is going to persist. College is going to change. It is wild to even speculate on the long-term. Some of these things will be good. Some will be bad. Um, We're learning a lot and just unprecedented times. And it's amazing to see it go by and try to be reflective in the moment. So Dave, with that being said, Try to transition something on a lighter note. One yes. of our favorite segments on the show. What listeners love is uh, don't ask us things we got wrong recently. And we've had a whole month, Dave, to reflect on thing, mistakes that we've made, um, things we got wrong. And uh, I have a good one if you want me to go first, if you want to speculate. And this is a little bit funny. All right. Is that right? Or, or do you have something hot, Dave? No, you go and then color goes, maybe. <laughs> so as I say, I'm, I'm wrong every day. Um, and this one, this is this is like an empathetic, it's, it's a happy ending to the story. Very happy ending. Yeah, so good. in my house, um, you know, we have five kids. I would say that the boys have kind of gotten wise to the game. They shouldn't just like take food that they shouldn't be eating without asking, right? The girls though tend to like snipe and there might be a, co- a cookie grabbed here or there or a muffin eaten without, without permission, et cetera. This is a well-established pattern of behavior. So I think it was two weeks ago on the weekend, I walked down to the freezer in the basement to pull out a turkey because we're making a turkey. And I happened to see a container of Trader Joe's mango mochi, like the little Japanese, you know, ice cream balls. I'm sure Brian remembers from his days in Okinawa. And it was ripped open and it was like two thirds empty. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like who's been going to the basement and taking the mochi and pretending like no one's going to find it. So I come up and there's a big inquest. Like who ate, the mochi and everyone's looking around. I'm, I'm like, it wasn't the boys because they're too smart. Like it's gotta be one of the girls. And I'm like, we're grilling them, right? And I'm like, someone's lying. Who's lying? Was it you? And I'm getting really amped up because this is, this is like next level sedition in my house. And finally, my darling Noah is like, well, I, I had one. I'm like, how many did you actually have? There's 11 missing, right? And when this happens and no one fesses up in my house, we like task them. You put the glitches away. You do the laundry. You see the floor. Then we're going to come back and do this whole thing again, right? So in the round two of the interrogation, Noah's like, breaks down. He's like, I ate all 11. I'm like, thanks for telling the truth. We'll deal with this later. Rawr, right? And then dinner that night, we're sitting around. Everyone's happy again. And I think we, we had made sufganiyot, like jelly donuts. And like a couple were missing. I'm like, who the hell had the jelly donuts? No, was it you again? Just like you ate the mochi. And James is like, oh, the mochi in the basement? I've been eating those. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We just, your sister took the heat for all of your siblings because no one owned up to it because we assumed it wasn't you because you're 17 now and you would admit it. He's like, oh no, and I've been going down to the basement getting like the corn and the edamame. I've been having the mochi. And I'm like, Noah? I'm so sorry. You're such a kind soul for sacrificing yourself for the greater good. So it's a happy ending, but boy, were we wrong to give my daughter a hard time about stealing the mochi when it was James who just admitted it the first time and thought it wasn't a big deal. So I felt very bad about that, Dave and Brian. Very, very bad about that. That's my I'm favorite not, I was wrong story from the past. I'm not sure what to unpack first, Brian's life story or that, that's, or that horrendous. That's my, that's my life, man. Inquisitions that's, and I'm inquests and, and, and telling Why? truth from fiction. Wait, wait, wait. You had all your kids lined up in your, in your older sister there as your little one middle. No, no, the boys were gone. So I'm like, oh, it wasn't them. Like, don't worry about this, guys. I think, oh. like, I think James was running. Oh, the boys oh, are home. Oh. I'm grilling the girls in the kitchen. She's just cracking. She's just cracking the pressure. Did you understand the question? 
Like, oh, she got it. Like, this guy just felt so bad. I'm like, God bless you. Well, I thought, first of all, I, when you say ate the mochi, I'm thinking past the duchy. But that's yeah, I know what you're thinking. And then I'm thinking you get rats in your basement. But no. no it's, it's James. You got, a, you got a scroungy senior. That's crazy. That's a crazy that was, story. That was, that's a good one. That's that a makes good me, it one. makes me look bad, which is always a good thing. So, Dave, when were you wrong, Dave? Gallagher? When were you wrong recently? So, I was wrong last, this last, last week on the, on the seventh night of Hanukkah. I'd say oh, yeah. we lit up our, oh. our, our, our Hanukkah, <laughs> uh, Hanukkah and Menorah, and Menorah, Menorahs, um, and Jen had got some new candles. Usually, where they the smaller ones where they burn for about thirty minutes, right, to be to be legal, and they they're out. She got some big, big, big dudes, like twice the size, beautiful, red, blue, white, whatever. And we lit we lit three or four Menorahs, and one fell over, and she and it actually landed on the table, and and like lit another candle, which was weird, on the table. So we put it back up again, no, didn't think about it. And then, and the candles burned down, we thought. And I was upstairs and putting Madison to bed about, honestly, like a half an hour later. And I, I heard uh, Jen yelling from downstairs, Dave, Dave. She did, never calls me Dave, right? It's always like, daddy. What did she call you? Like, honey? In front of the, in front of the kids, it's like, dad or daddy or something like that. Okay, you know? right. <laughs> Not Dave, Dave, followed by fire. <laughs> And, I, and you guys know my house, so it's 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 good for the right into the the fireplaces. We light the candles. And I run downstairs, and the plastic folding table, you know, which is one of those like like six feet by four feet tables that had a tablecloth on it, was on fire, like really on fire. Like thinking quickly, I'm the drapes are next to go, the rug is next to go. And Jen's down there with with Hannah, and Maddie comes down the stairs behind me, and and Jen says, looks at me, and says, "Should I smother it?" And I'm like, "Yes." She grabs a fleece blanket, a fleece blanket, smother this fire, which then catches on fire, and now we have a a burning table, tablecloth, and fleece blanket, and I'm and I and I trying to pat it out with my hands. This this table is. Is, and I'll get to the I'll get to the where I was wrong about. Actually, I'm coming the right now. This, ta- <laughs> this table is melting, and I'm trying to pat it out my hand. It's actually dripping onto the floor, like just melted flames of stuff. And I said to Hannah, "Open the door." And I took this table and I just threw it out. It's actually still on my front lawn. You can see it on my social media, Instagram, and uh, on Facebook. It basically there's, a, there's like a, a six inch hole in it, and I threw it outside. It hadn't snowed. It hadn't snowed yet. I stamped on the tablecloth, which was on fire. The book, there was a still box of matches. Basically, this candle had fallen over and lit like another whole pack of candles. And and where I was wrong was, I guess, two three things. There's one, don't leave your your, your candles unattended, which I thought they just burn out fine, which I usually do. Two, don't put them on a tablecloth. And three, don't try to put out a fire with your hands. That was or not. Or a fleece blanket. Yeah, I got it. And and I got it. Did, no. Didn't Maddie give you a good quote? Like, is that was that normal? Yeah, or is that yeah Maddie happened? was on. Maddie was on the stairs. She looked at me. She says, "Was that bad?" Yeah. <laughs> and that was that was kind of bad because we almost burnt the house down. But I think I said but, uh, peak peak twenty twenty in that in that. Yeah, but everybody's so fine. I'm but, glad that you made it out alive. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. Note man. to self, you know, because it happened to me once in med school too, which I alluded to where I was in my in my apartment in Bright with my, with my buddies and I, it was Hanukkah and I couldn't find my little tinfoil menorah, right? That we all had, we were kids. So I, I made a menorah out of a milk crate. I put the, like four or five candles in, it was like fifth night and I lit them and I, and I would always, I always like study on my little sofa I had in my, in my like a little mini <laughs> love seat in my room and I 
I lit the candle, said the prayers, sat on the couch and probably fell asleep, like one page into reading, waking up to my room on fire because the, the candles had melted down into the milk crate and caught that on fire. So that was, um, you know, uh, Hanukkah take part two for us. So yeah, you can't watch your candles burn. Watch them burn down. So that's my, so I was These are two that. really good we were wrongs. Cutler, what do you got for us? Last week. Or the, or, you know, at any time recently, we can we can extend the window. You know. So, so I think more and more I'm I'm uh, realizing that what I'm doing in parenting is oftentimes wrong, and it takes it takes you know that's why you have a couple and that's the benefit of having a couple to bounce ideas off of and to coordinate with. And uh, Susan and I are, are working hard to do that. Um, you know, when you when you grow up in a military household, when you go to a military school, when you're in the army, you tend to have a, a disciplinary standard that's on one end of the spectrum. And, uh, and I'm, I benefit from having someone who, who was growing, growing up on the other side of the spectrum. So it's a, I, I appreciate the work um, that we do together. And I uh, recognize the, uh, that, that oftentimes my initial reactions are not appropriate. And, uh, so, so this is a global. You are always wrong in I your am, parenting. My my parenting skills are not not what they should be. And, so you should uh, go over to that. You should go to the Brasco household and just take care of his kids, like march around for a while until they fess up to who ate the last tuna fish sandwich. That's right. We just well, you, you, push you up know me, Dave. There's no tuna time. fish in this house. You don't eat tuna fish. Oh, easy there. You, you, <laughs> how close are we? Are we good friends or what? Uh, um, well, I mean, listen, I mean, I'm wrong all the time. That, w- that was a pretty solid one. Um, you know, a little reflection. Does, does anybody eat sardines? I had sardines this week. I might eat sardines. Well, why? A good question. High protein, yeah, okay. low fat, <laughs> stinky though. Kyle, you eat sardines? I do not. My father-in-law did. Really? Yep. Yep. My mom was an anchovy fan. I can never really get there. Love the um, So as, as we hit, as we hit, you know, I always, I've said a few times on the pod, I always remember my last post of 2019 about how 2020 was such a great year in our family. It really was a lot of great things. We had, you know, bar mitzvah in Israel and, and great baseball and softball stories and, uh, and a vacation in Niagara Falls and a new job for me. And 2020 was going to be great. And 2020, of course, just kind of sucked. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's, it's always worth, you know, as we reflect on things that we're happy about, I just, I just want to say it's been, it's been about a month, been a busy month in the world. I'm, I'm really excited, obviously, about, um, uh, Israel's normalization with uh, with Morocco, with Bhutan, depending on who you talk to, Indonesia and Oman might be next up. I think that's really great. Um, as we talked about in our secret pod that we got rid of, Dave, the, the new co-owner of Beitar Jerusalem is a, uh, a sheik from Abu Dhabi, which if you're a racist right-wing Beitar fan is just heresy, but to a wonderful progressive like me, it's really wonderful. Um, and it's me had made me entertain the notion of buying a, a black and yellow checkerboard Beitar jersey for for myself. That's really wonderful. And uh, you know, had a good Hanukkah, had a good snow day, and a Bedford snow day was actually a snow day with no remote learning, which I was really happy about. And um, looking forward to twelve days at home. And if I can survive tomorrow, Dr. Geller, I'm going to be there. So trying to enter 2021 with optimism, with excitement, with hopes for more pods and. Um, and it can't be any worse than this year was. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, Geller. How are you feeling as we hit the new year? I'm feeling good. Um, it's just kind of like a steady state for me, you know, and I, I, I don't, it was a crazy year and there's a, and there was some definitely not some not so positive moments, you know, 
in in my life specifically like around you know my education and college and whatnot um but it could be worse i think that for 2020 for me was a very fulfilling year in terms of our family in terms of my friends like yourselves and brian and people we connected with dave landis others and my work was really really um, rewarding and fulfilling a lot of work um yeah, 2021, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be what it is, and I think it's it's gonna be good, it's gonna be better. Every year is good, every year is better, hopefully. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, Rabbi, what about you, Brian? What do you got for the next year? What are your hopes? <laughs> I'm looking forward to um, some changes in 2021. Um, yep. And uh, I'll, I'll I'll travel early. I'll, uh, I'm going to be going down to DC for work um, for a couple weeks. Um, that'll start off the year and, uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes from there. Um, there'll be some changes for, you know, I'll, I'll start to get a little busier with work and, um, we'll see where that goes. And, uh, and then, yeah, as COVID starts to let up, let's, let's see what that, what that means. Um, well, here's why our plans are not that impressive. Okay. <laughs> because I found a story out of Maine, Dave, that you're going to like. Hey, I'm from Maine. No, no, you're like, it's about a kid in Maine. Cause as and you know, Brian, I him, Brian's brother owns a restaurant in Maine. You know how much I love the pine tree state. You know, I love it. All right. All right give us a story. Piscataqua and feel and feel the pine trees. But this is right? not but, a Florida. This is not a Florida man. This is a, this is a Maine man story. This is, and this is what I'm talking about. And this is gonna be something that we're all going to really appreciate. Cause as you know, Dave, I have these fantasies of like treks and excursions uh, and expeditions. So um, a young, a young man from Yarmouth, Maine, which you know, on the coast, right? Uh, Sammy Porter. Uh, left Stanford when Corona hit and he's got a goal for, 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 you know, his time off. He's going to, he's not just going to hike the AT. He's not just going to hike the Appalachian trail. He's going to do the 2,190 miles of the Appalachian trail, the 3,100 miles of the continental divide trail in central and central time zone. He's also going to do the 2,650 mile Pacific crest trail all in a calendar year, 2020. One that's six thousand trail miles on the three north-south trails in this country in 2021. I say, Sammy, I'm jealous. I wish I was doing at least a third of that with you. And what an incredible thing that you're doing. So we know that our friend, of course, Noah Bernays did the, the AT last year, but this is all three in 2021. All in on that, on the video, on the documentary, on the book, and I am jealous. So um, why don't we all just, up, just but like boot, boots up and travel safe, Sammy. Let's so all just take 2021 off and do that. Color would do it. I would. It. Well, I, I wouldn't. Color would do but it. I would. You know. Color's like color's already figuring how how we can grow potatoes on the trip. You know, in a hydroponics. Let's do it, man. He's a botanist. I'm in it. Color loves that. Color's like, yeah, I want to do that too. Is this you know the uh, the living on the land? I'd, I'd be all for that. Yeah. All we need yeah. is a shelter half, some fire, water. Do it. Do it. And a good pair of boots. Good pair of boots. No, so that's, that's good old Maine Yankee fortitude, self-reliance, independence with a pair of L bean boots and some flint. Seriously, which he can return when he's done and say these are defective and get in a pair. apart on me. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know what happened. That's what I'm talking about. Aren't you the guy that walked across America? Nah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, once you do that, like, what, what else could you possibly do? You know, like, that, that's pinnacle. And that some east-west trails. Mm. 
Mm-mm-mm. I'm just gonna, um, I'm just hoping to walk the bike path a little bit. That's what I'm hoping to do. The bike path in R and is plowed, so that's good. Um, any 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 Hanukkah reflections you want to share? Others? Any hot take other than your fire, Dave? Anything good to have in Hanukkah that we should know about? Any good you know, foods consumed or traditions? I had some great latkes, um, and there was uh, a we had yeah, it was in some great latkes. One one was actually one time was actually at outside the Cutler's after his youngest uh, Zoom bar mitzvah, which was a wonderful celebratory day. Um, it was really great. Um, and I would say, even though it was a Zoom, it was actually spectacular as a Zoom. And we were able to celebrate uh, physically distanced outside his house. There's some fine food cooked by none other than David Landis. Um, we had some great latkes and great, just some great times. Actually, some real meaningful times around the uh, light, light in the light in the menorahs. And I love singing some songs. And I tell you, I love my old score. And I love doing all. I mean, there's, there's many verses, but but I love at least getting the the the, the three English paragraphs. I just um, tiring. The verses got pretty pretty descriptive, as you. Yeah, know. but I just something about that last that last paragraph. Um, with tyrants disappearing, you know, I just, uh, I, 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 something about that I like a lot to hear and it's a great, it, it gets me a little emotional, um, brings me back yeah. to other times with my family growing up and uh, no, it was really meaningful Hanukkah. I mean, the girls were around too, which is nice. Joss was home for a little bit. We had, you know, Hannah and of course Madison, um, three, dog, three dogs now. Um, Jocelyn's dog has joined us as a, as a member now for a while, but yeah, it was a great, great time. Carla, how about you? Hanukkah, Hanukkah highlight? Um, we had a family gift this year. Um, it was very nice surprise for the kids. Um, it was a microwave. We have gone about three years without a microwave in our house. And, uh, uh, I think everyone is, is enjoying this, uh, heating up food, not in a pot or not in the oven. Um, it's, it's nice. Um, well, that dovetails with our new stove that we got as an early Hanukkah present for the family. So I feel so, you, man. So I quick, two you. quick questions, not to, you know, prolong this, but how long were you, were you without a stove for uh, Dan Brosco? Well, the stove top was working, remember, but the stove itself oh, yeah. is probably three or four weeks. So Yeah, but how long, I mean, how did you go, not that you, you know, how did you make it, right? This guy's going to hike, the, hike the, the nation, right? How did you not have a microwave for three years? Did you say we just don't want we just don't want microwaves in our we house? Had, we have not had a microwave for five years. But no, but but no, but it, we haven't. Yeah, but you color too. Like Susan was like, right? was like, no microwaves in the house. We finally got rid of the radon. You don't, you don't want you don't the microwave, one, man. You don't need the microwave. No, Maybe. but you don't need it. But it's so easy to have. It is. You know? Yeah. I mean, I probably does Landis even have a microwave because he's so. Yes. Yeah, he probably doesn't. He probably just uses it as a store thing. We should have you call it. Excuse me, Dave. He just stores things in. Stores things in there. That's crazy. Jen would never last on a microwave. I cook everything in the microwave. I cook. I cook my eggs in there. I cook my. That's not. That's not how you should cook. I throw my veggie burger in there on like a saran wrap. Cook it and pull it out. That's what I do. I remember Guys, one time we. I, I love that you love. I love that John loves the microwave. We're good. I love the microwave life. Microwave free life. I love the microwave stove, free great, life. you know, but um, I think in our house, like it was just good to have something to look forward to that was very natural, and the, like we do not make a big deal of Hanukkah, but there was a real passion for celebrating, and it was very meaningful for me to see the kids love it, you know, and um, it was it was very nice, it was very timely, and uh, I'm looking forward to some additional family time coming up, and then ring in 2021. 
although darker days are ahead, you know, the light tunnel is there and, and I'm certainly looking forward to that. So Amen Sela as we say. Uh any last words for our guest? Um I, the, the the eleven mochi I stole, Brian, will be in your mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we do, I mean, the, the, each each segment of Brian's life and story is a separate podcast series. So the tales from Oklahoma, do it again. I tell you, I, tales I told from you. Arizona, tales from what? North Georgia, tales from Airbus, tales from Hanscom. I mean, that's fine, and um, we'll explore those in future date. But uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have, have a we're gonna have a Cutler segment every so often, just pull him on. We'll just dive into a piece of his life. I mean, thank I you. Mean, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. I, I enjoy this. I was well to all of our listeners. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again in 2020. So this is not a send off for this year, but it's good to be back on the pod after a long, long break through no fault of anybody's. I would say I've never worked harder or spent more time on the phone um, with people and from my work and volunteer life than I have recently. It's all for a good cause, all you know, for the greater good and, and for kids and. Uh, working towards the future, which will be better, be better for them than the current, than the present is. And um, that's fine, Dave and, and Brian. So I wish you all a, what day? It's Monday? It was nice Shabbat Shalom, but it's only Monday. So <laughs> a good end of end of school before vacation uh, and a happy new year and, and happy birthday to the pod. And, uh, and we'll talk to everybody again soon. See you guys. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Goodbye. What Do We Know is written by Dan Broskel and Dave Geller and produced by Julie Manugian at Lex Media in Lexington, Massachusetts. Our theme music is written by Joey Freeman. Joey's work can be found on SoundCloud and Spotify. See you next time.